Hello, it is Thursday, October 29th, 2020. Register to vote. Yeah, make sure you register to vote today. <laughs> Duck Hodges does not deserve that, okay? I uh, hope you all are having a fantastic day, a fantastic life. We got a good show for you today. Great show. Good show today. Alan Fanica, mm-hmm. perennial Pro Bowl guard. Ever heard of him? I think he became like a an actual Iron Man. He lost a bunch of weight. I know that. I think it's because he became an. We'll talk to him. I think he became an Iron Man. Really? Like that was his thing. Like uh, triathlons. He was doing something that sounded like cruel and unusual punishment, and that's how he lost all that weight. And he looks amazing. Good for him. Spartan races, tough mutter, that kind of stuff. Seems like it. Mm-hmm. Louisiana guy. Mm, really. Marshall Yonda also obviously another incredible transition. Mm-hmm. I think we're the first people to have him on. I think so too. Since becoming like a, a smaller person. Mm-hmm. And when he popped up on the screen for FaceTime, I, I was alarmed. Thought it was the wrong person. We were getting catfish, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Fanica, the same damn thing. He he showed up like what, like seven, eight months after he retired. It was just like a whole new dude. Yeah, weighing like 160 pounds. So I'm going to talk to him about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Have to. Yeah, have to. And I can't wait to talk to you about the greatest sports book on planet Earth and the moon. They found water up there. They did. Sustain life. I might fucking buy a plot of land up there next week. Hey, they were selling stars, you know. Yeah. Years ago. I don't know if they still do. I'm not sure. People paying like 10 bucks or whatever for mm-hmm. a fucking uh, picture in the sky with a dot. That's pretty sweet to be able to name it, though. Yeah, and then like two months later, you get, a, you get an email that says like, the star you bought lived to the ripe old age of 17,520 and it burned out. Supernova. What are you going to do? You want to buy another one? <laughs> it's neighbor star. Younger. It's like the son of this star. 15 bucks we can get it for you. And people are like, yep, need to stay in Sounds the family. Good. Need mm-hmm. to stay in the family. It's actually in the Big Dipper. That star. Have they sold any Big Dipper stars yet? I would think about buying the North Star or uh, maybe the handle of the Big Dipper because that son of a bitch is fucking out every night. It is. I would guess that uh, every star you can buy is in the Big Dipper because I think almost every star in the sky comprises the Big Dipper. When I was young and I was taught about these goddamn things, Mm -hmm. I always assumed this is going to be tough to find. Like They made it seem like finding the Big Dipper was a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's easier to find the Big Dipper than it is to figure out the puzzles on the back of fucking cereal boxes. I agree. I agree. I've lived in a lot of places. I've been very lucky enough to travel to a lot of places. You know who I see everywhere? The Big Dipper. Fucking everywhere, dude. Every night. Man, I, I thought for sure they told me when I was a kid this was not going to be this easy. There's a, Look, there's a three. There's a fucking thing right there. Now, the Little Dipper is a little bit tougher to find. Well, you just got to zoom out. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Sports show, and what we're talking about was sports gambling. Mm-hmm. If you're going to gamble on sports, shout out to Tennessee coming like within the next couple of days. That's hey, I'm congrats to Tennessee, by hey, the way. You guys did it. Wait until you see how much fun it's the best. football game days are now. There's nothing better. Literally nothing. Two games that mean nothing mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Or something. It means whatever you're willing to potentially lose. It's like when you... You know, you go to a casino or something. The money that you're betting at a casino, you have to have the mindset that you, there's a there's a chance. Now, granted, don't have the mindset that it's a good chance. Okay? There is a chance in there that you're going to walk out, and that's not going to be with you anymore. Correct. 
Charge it to the game. Exactly. This is for a good time. I'm doing this. This is just like a night out or whatever. This is what I'm paying to do it. Have that. But your mindset should be that you're taking every fucking chip out of there with you. Mm-hmm. Same thing with gambling or sports gambling. When you go in there, like, hey, you should have you should have the knowledge. Like, hey, there's a little bit. There's a chance that this this is going to make this game 400 times better for me. Oh yeah. I love football. We didn't have sports for a long time. I'm watching a football game, even though the two teams potentially aren't that great at football and the game means nothing. So I'm going to make this a little bit more enjoyable for myself, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have an actual horse in the race. Right. You should know that that money you're putting in there, like there's a chance, okay, that the humans that are playing the sport aren't going to act how they should. Correct. That's why they call it a gamble. But on the flip side... Every pick you make, you hit that son of a bitch, and you have the utmost confidence that you are smarter than FanDuel, that you are smarter than the casinos, that you are the smartest man on earth or woman on earth. My lady loves it. My, she doesn't tell me her bets anymore because she says that jinxes her, so I have to wait till after the game to see if she's happy or not. Mm-hmm. But her getting antsy at the end of games, I'm trying to figure out what she bet on because she's into the over-unders now too. It's a dangerous game. She's in the money line now. She has a couple of teasers now, parlays. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is really getting into the whole thing as she's, you know, kind of uh, crawled and walked, and now she's galloping through sure. this thing. Yeah. But it's great. It's been great for us. It's been great for us. But it's one of those things where when you place that bet, let's go. Let's go and get it it's now. It's time to win. Our podcast at Hammer Don, mm-hmm. D A H N, uh, is a very winning gambling podcast right now. Big time. I think I'm 32 and 12 on a year or something with my picks on that show. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's not bad. But by the way, everybody on that show has a very large winning margin right now. Yeah. Everyone's uh, well over 50%, I believe. So what we're saying is we don't know how long that's going to last. No. Get in while you can. And while you're gambling, make sure you're gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook. The app and the tech are the easiest to navigate. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the line just moved. Oh, okay, moving back down. I'll just take the uh, live line right now. Boom. Live betting. While the game's happening, you get a feel for who's doing what. Let me live bet this thing. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang, boom. My wife calls it playing Fandle. It's a good time. If you're going to gamble anywhere else, you're just doing it wrong, to be honest with you. Yeah. Everything's available. Odds boost. My odds boost is currently, I think, 4-0. Looking to go 5-0 and this weekend. Yeah. Pretty good. It's the highest odds on what I pick that you can find anywhere. And we've hit the last four. Looking to hit number five here. I think FanDuel's doing a massive giveaway if I hit five. Really? I think they're giving away, like, uh, potentially giving away money. As they should. And then it's going to up if I get hot again for week six and then up. So they're going to try to really. A running pot here almost. Yeah, I think so. I like that. I think that's what they're going to try to do. Good people. Huh? Good people. They are. That's why you got to gamble with them. Mm-hmm. FanDuel's making sports gambling fun. FanDuel's making sports gambling efficient. Mm-hmm. And FanDuel's making sports gambling the best thing on earth right now. Shout out to FanDuel. If you're playing anywhere else, you're wrong. Let's get to the show. Last night on USA Network at around 8.30-ish, uh, I also went hard in the paint on NXT. I feel like there is a chance, and I I don't like doing this often, okay? I don't like doing this often. I think there's a lot of very incredibly talented human beings out there in the world, okay? I think there's a lot of people with a lot of incredibly uh, high work ethic. Like, I think a lot of those things. I am at the point in my life, okay, where I'm 33 years old, 
And I got a chance to. What, Jesus died, by the way, that year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus year. Uh-huh. This is Jesus. R.I.P. Rest in peace, by the way, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Love you, Jesus. He'll be Love back you, soon. Jesus. He'll be back soon. Even Come if on. he's not your savior or whatever, he's, he is definitely dead. He definitely lived, mm-hmm. and rest in peace <laughs> to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a chance to, you know, get a taste of something I thought I was supposed to be doing uh, ever since I'm like a 10, 11 years old or whatever, right? So what's that? You do the math, 22 years or something. I've been thinking I'm supposed to do something. I get a taste to do it uh, at NXT TakeOver 30. And it was one of those situations where, uh, aside from that loss, I'd still be undefeated in the profession. But mm-hmm. as I was reflecting on that match and that night, the amount of text messages I got from people from junior high high school, college, the NFL, anywhere else I could have potentially met people along the way, they all sent me a text and were like, hey, man, congrats. You were right, right? Like everything, we know how much this means to you. We know how much you've talked about becoming a professional wrestler. We understand how your basic entire life, you've always said you're supposed to do this. You've done it now. Like, congrats. There was a lot of, like, uh, congratulations. You're basically, you were right about everything. Um and after getting that taste and how it ended with Adam Cole, who's a scumbag? Oh, Huge yeah. scumbag. Rat. Certified Fuck. scumbag. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. He's certified scumbag. I go home, and now with this show launching on SiriusXM and our YouTube, which we're you know live every single day, three hours, and then posting clips, and then with College Game Day, and with you know all the other things we got going on, I wasn't able to follow up on my dream becoming a realization and a reality knowing that it's something i do so i had to like kind of pick and choose and last night i laid out everything that i did okay there's a younger more handsome guy uh, a version of more jacked version of me named ridge holland i paid you could go listen to the entire thing it's it's on a bunch of social media networks at this point but um what happened afterwards, I outsmarted every human in the history of wrestling, potentially. Uh, Pete Dunn comes back. This dude's an absolute legend. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, the last really remaining uh, member that's alive of Undisputed Eric, mm-hmm. walks right into his own ambush. I mean, this is awesome. And I've decided, yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and uh, continue to take over the wrestling business. Hell as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Might as well. well. Yeah. Might as well. You know what I mean? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I've been thinking I'm supposed to do it for a long time. I got a chance. It went well. Now I'm at the point like, hey, Wednesday nights, NXT, I might as well just go take over. And people are going to hate that, by the way. <laughs> people are going to hate it. Sorry. And the people that are going to hate it is literally the worst community on the internet, and it's the internet wrestling community. And I think these people are the worst humans on earth. They've ruined something that I've loved. Okay, Wrestling is something that I've loved. These fans, though, are so toxic and terrible. They're bums in every sense of the word. So whenever I talk and say anything, know that that is directly at them. That is directly at them. Mm-hmm. We are still going to talk football on a very, 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 very uh, regular schedule. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. That is what this show is. A lot of people start tweeting me like, "Oh no, you're going to become a professional wrestler." No, 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 no. It's a professional wrestler who has uh, the biggest daily show on the internet. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's two different things. In the daily show, we talk about football because that's all we know. But every once in a while, if I do something hilarious and the group that I'm with is awesome, like Pete Dunn. Odie Lorkin and Danny Birch absolutely are. Danny Birch, by the way, Ty Schmidt's new favorite guy. Yeah, love that guy. <laughs> love that guy. Dude, Monty for dude! Oh, yeah. That was obviously after I slid a chair in yeah. for Danny Birch to go ahead and slam Kyle Blast O'Reilly's brains stupid cauliflower ear head right into that thing. So we'll talk about that, obviously. But we know our bread and butter's football. But just know that on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., USA Network, I'm going to go ahead and try to make a run at that thing. Got to do it. And I'm pumped about it. Uh, Pivoting away from what happened last night and how awesome it was, 
Tonight is a big night in the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons, who have already fired their coach and their GM, saw a surge of success and then massive failure, are traveling north to Charlotte, North Carolina, to take on the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is back off of IR, but he would not be playing this evening. Teddy Bridgewater, as he figured it out. What will go on on this Thursday night matchup that the entire world can't wait to watch? Matt Rule, formerly of Baylor. He is secured for the next, like, seven years with $70 million behind him as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. What are they building as they start something brand new? And on the other side, what are they holding on to as they try to start something brand new next season with a new head coach and a new GM? There's a lot on the line. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, primetime television, trying to show the world that they aren't has-beens, that they aren't washed up, that they're still very dominant. Maybe Julio Jones, he didn't say this, we're just asking a question. Maybe Julio Jones on Thursday Night Football tonight says to every other team, hey, Come get me. Come get me out of here. We just fired our coach and our GM. We stink. They owe Matt Ryan another $100 million over the next three years. We're going to have to figure this out. Come get me. I'm not saying he said that, but that is a legit question that you can ask. And maybe Matt Ryan is thinking on the flip side. Hey, I am not a has-been. I can still sling the rock like I used to be able to sling the rock. Yeah, you owe me $100 million in the next three years, whatever the new GM and new head coach is, but you should be happy about that. Don't let that slip by your mindset whenever you're thinking how this game is going to go tonight. Everybody is saying the Carolina Panthers are going to win for good reason. They're favored by a point and a half at this exact moment on FanDuel. But whenever you start thinking about the human aspect of this, how many more times are Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going to be on primetime television this season? Ooh. Probably not a lot. So so you got to assume that when the lights come on, the stars come out. Dwight Freeney told me that. Think Matt Ryan and Julio Jones might have a massive night. I'm not 100% sure which way I'm going to go. We'll figure that out by the end of this show or by the time Hammer Don happens at 3.30 at YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. The hottest gambling show, I believe, oh, yeah. on the internet at yeah, this point. Uh, today we'll be joined by Darius Butler in about 15 minutes. He took an L last week uh, or earlier this week on his passing yardage over under for the quarterbacks. Yeah. He played DB in the NFL for nine years good friend of me, mine, good friend of the show. He studies so much film. He'll break down how he feels the quarterbacks are going to do this evening and give us a lock for a prop bet. He has won a large majority of the time, but he's taking a couple losses here. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, he is taking a couple losses here. I will remind him, like, hey, 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 it's time to tighten it up now. Yeah, yeah. resting on his yawnies uh, Yeah, but he was resting on his yawnies, wasn't he? That's unbelievable. Get those laurels back up, Darius. <laughs> and I don't think it's because of lack of film study. Mostly, and he'll talk about this, there's trash yards that come. Oh, oh yeah. At yep. the end of halves or at the end of games that you can't really account for. So we know that. Darius knows that. The listeners should know that. But he's won us a lot of money with his breakdown. We'll talk to him in about 15 minutes. In the second hour, we have Alan Fanica, former offensive guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I believe is an Iron Man now. He lost maybe 175 pounds. <laughs> yep. Super skinny guy. I can't wait to chat with him. I've heard nothing but great stories about Alan Fanica. And every time we've had a Steelers player on this show, by the way, past or present, it's been great interviews. And the boys at Tone Diggs is here. Two days removed from a potential COVID scare. Happy you're still safe Thank and you. Ha- uh, sound, bub. How's it going? What do you think about tonight? I feel good. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a situation where the Falcons fired their coach. They had a win. Then they had a heartbreaking loss, and they're probably going to get taken out back behind the shed tonight. Ooh, Whoa. Wow. See, that's very interesting because you could think that. 
But I just feel like Julio and Matt potentially have a big night. Now, Julio might want to have a big night, mm-hmm. and Matt doesn't have a big night. True. Then Julio doesn't have a big night. So there's a lot of things that have to factor into that. I think if Julio has a big night, just like what happened with the Vikings, Falcons tonight potentially win. Yeah. Like they potentially go, go. Yep. But if Matt Ryan's having an off night and Julio's having an on night, that kind of sucks for Julio because yeah. you're living by however Matt Ryan's feeling. So you kind of got to feel – I'm excited to watch the game. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to hear who everybody's picking and betting on. Michael Lombardi, who's one of the co-hosts of Hammer, Don, former GM, that guy has a power ranking system where he gives a bunch of scores. He has this algorithm thing, mm-hmm. and he says his is basically getting on spot on with what the, the books are thinking. So I'm excited oh. to hear what he has to say at 3.30 on Hammer. Don, uh, at Boston Connor, uh, the Patriots uh, are, are almost dead, but... Ah. What's that? 9% chance, Pat. We talked about this. You start 2-4, and four, you got a 9% chance to make the playoffs, and I'm holding on to that 9%. Hey, 9% is much larger percentage than the other percentage we've been learning about, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, much, much, much larger. <laughs> much. A thousand times larger, larger action. And everybody would say that 9% is a very small percentage. Yeah. But these other percentages we've been hearing about are so small. So small, but they cause such a big so difference. Small. So, so small. small. You are so small. So small. 9% oh. when compared to that denominator. Yes. Yes. Is a massive percentage. Huge. I feel great. I feel like what Doug Peterson said. We're right where we should be. Two and four. Let's go. Let's finish the see. Hey, ten straight wins. Come on. The way percentages are getting treated these days nowadays, like I'm walking into a casino. If there's a 0.05% chance of something hitting, I'm fucking maybe Take putting it. a mortgage down. Basically, <laughs> it is going to hit for sure. That's it. 9% isn't bad. I thought it would be much lower. And then you add in the Bill Belichick factor. What's that? That's an extra 10 to 15%. At yep. least. At least. So you're now you're at like 24% mm-hmm. maybe at max there. 24%. That, that changes all the fucking time. Look at the Falcons last couple games. They had a 98% chance of winning, and they lose. Bingo. So these small percentages, I think, are now working in our favor for this 2020. So, And if Cam Newton can play like, uh, you know, Cam, Newton, then we'll be fine. Well, and those small percentages are working against everybody's favor as well in 2020. At Ty Schmidt, uh, Big Ten has already no contest at one game. Uh, We felt like this was potentially going to happen yesterday. Graham Mertz is out for another two and a half weeks. Kid had the best night of his life. As an Iowa Hawkeye alum, go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Big Ten season? If anything happens to Ohio State, oh my God, it'll be that'll be the day when everything kind of pops off, you know? Well, you know, good season, boys. We had a good run. I mean, if anything happens to Ohio State, it's yeah, yeah. it's over. It's yeah. it's game set match. Iowa lost last week. They probably shouldn't have. So I mean, I'm I, I don't want to say I'm out on them, but I'm just glad they didn't take the whole thing down. It's very interesting because that's the next phase. If you know, if they do end up having to like cancel a Big Ten season, oh boy, I would not want to be a Wisconsin fan on the internet. People are just going to start going at them, kind of like they did the Titans. It's not going to be good. Oh, you're saying no? I don't think they're going to be. <laughs> they the might. Only, I don't no, know. Just Wisconsin is bad. not going to be the only team that has that. Just like in the NFL, the Titans aren't the only team. Just this morning, it was announced that the Giants have a offensive lineman that tested positive, mm-hmm. and contact tracing has all but four offensive linemen for the New York Giants currently at home. Corn away from everybody so that's a story to potentially check on a offensive line that couldn't protect anybody now is being decimated and couldn't protect themselves from covid which by the way that is a tough position offensive line is nowhere near an easy position but whenever you see guys just get killed you have to think like okay there should be better people that do this well it turns out there's maybe third stringers are going to be playing at this point because uh offensive linemen tested positive for covid wonder if they were out with danny dimes and uh saquon bark with with dj lughead (laughs) 
<laughs> that fucking lughead guy. You can't trot Dan Jones out there, right? I mean, it's five garbage cans in front of him. He will literally blow his knees out. That's an incredible thought, actually. I don't know if they'll think about that, but that is something that should be thought about. And how do you tell Danny Dimes that? I wonder. But anyways, what I was referring to is the Titans weren't the only team that had this happen True. to him. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of other teams have had it happen to him. Overnight, the Chargers had somebody test positive. They found out last night, I guess, once they left the facility that one of their players tested positive. They reached out to that player, told them to self-quarantine. They also reached out to all the contact tracing of that person, told them to stay at home. They'll do virtual meetings, but the rest of the team is going into the building and carrying on, much like what's happening with the Giants at this particular mm-hmm. point. will be interesting to see how this plays out because if they didn't have to desanitize the entire building three times like it was a uh, like they got a car wash machine yep. that came in there and blew mm-hmm. everything down yep. and it doesn't spread, will that change how teams react going forward if there is just a secluded bunch that potentially had it, everybody else can still operate? Because remember, just a couple weeks ago, one person had it, okay, we're shutting down the entire building. Mm-hmm. Now the NFL is probably trying to work through some uh, protocols and guidelines to make it more efficient for themselves so they don't have to just exit a facility for two weeks like the Titans had to or whatever. Hopefully this will work out, but the Titans weren't the only ones. True. Just like Wisconsin. They won't be. They were not going to be the only ones. They just happened to be the first ones. And what you told me about Big Ten campuses is very interesting. Are you 100% sure about what you told me? No, I'm not. Mitt, again, you know, reliable. Uh, Mitt confirmed it, but I mean, that doesn't mean anything. But I was under the impression that at some of these schools, like, it's not all e-learning. Like, some of them are actually, like, kids are going to lecture halls and stuff like that. So if that's the case, like... The COVID is going to run rampant on these campuses. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I just looked over at Mitt through the glass, but he was just in his own little world. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, intern Mitt, you were around the same age as, I would assume, friends of yours that go to Big Ten schools because there's numerous Big Ten schools in Indiana. You you went to high school in Indiana. Are these kids on campus? Or are they in class? What is, what's going on? Uh, a lot of my friends are on campus at big schools like that, and uh, they are going to – they have like half – Online and then they're going to like big lectures usually. So that's so. Thank you, Meadow. We appreciate. It. I hope that's right. By the way, yeah. I mean, who knows? I just want to let everybody know. Also depends on which school. It depends, like by school, but at <laughs> which Purdue, school were you talking about? Right uh, there? Purdue, I know they go to some classes, and then some they do not go to, and they do online. Okay, and Purdue's a pretty high end mm-hmm. school, I think. And I appreciate your mitt. Appreciate it. now. Once again, we do have to say because that is intern mitt there, yes. right? Yeah, that is not a hundred percent accurate. We're not a hundred percent sure. We should get that checked with somebody else, but I feel like this is potentially in the realm of information he would know. Correct, right? Because should because this is potentially friends that he, uh, you know. Uh, talks to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they play games with each other. Oh, maybe yeah. We probably shouldn't take advice about Purdue from uh, Mitt, though. Hmm. Why is that? He was the one that gave us a bad Purdue. Uh... Yeah, he said Purdue was going to lose this weekend. Or he whatever. Did. And what he happened? Did. But then he was cheering yeah. him on on Twitter, yeah. by the way, the Which entire is time. So maybe Palmer. that was unbelievable. It kind was. of an interesting thing. By the term. Very interesting. But I think he was ultimately happy that Purdue won because his brother went to Purdue. I do know that okay. his brother went to Purdue. Oh. So Mitt has his, a brother? He's probably happy they won. He was just trying to <laughs> – oh, yeah. <laughs> And a sister. The sister is the best athlete in the maybe the state of Indiana right now. She's going to be like a national team soccer player. Yeah, she's awesome, I guess. Good God. Why doesn't he lead with this stuff? Well, because he's he's Mitt, Uh, man. Hey, Mitt needs to create his own story. Okay, his older brother wants Purdue. Younger sister, probably going to be on the national team for the soccer team. And look at Mitt. Mitt. Listen, Mitt's going to create his own goddamn story. Ain't that right, Mitt? Go ahead and give a thumbs up. I can see you through the glass. Yep, there you go. That a boy. He's a thumbs up. Mitt's going to do that. So what I'm saying is, if that's happening at Purdue... We can assume that it's not a Big Ten policy then that all e-learning things have to happen. If guy, if students are going to lecture halls, 
unless they're like properly spacing them like stadiums, then how would you fit everybody that's probably in the, the lecture, which is how you make your money. They have to pay for those classes. So I would assume they're going to classes. They're just asked to wear a mask and gloves and things like that. And anytime they show the uh, crowd at any of these college football games, I don't think I... Yeah, none of them are wearing masks. <laughs> nope. And they're sitting on each other's laps. And by the mm-hmm. way, it's going to be hard to tell those college kids to give one single fuck about it, to be honest with you, because, um, I mean... I'm not sure there's a lot of them potentially passing away from and it is hard in that age to tell people Mm -hmm. like hey unless you're going to directly die from this thing it's hard to make them potentially curve their thoughts and everybody can be like well they need to be more responsible and all that shit it's like I think they are being responsible they know that they're not going to get in trouble now granted if they go home and do this and they're taking people out and maybe people that work at restaurants on campus and stuff we very much are but I'm just talking about from them it's going to be hard to change the way I think college kids act which is why I think Wisconsin is just the first and which is why I thought originally the biggest storyline of the Big Ten this year is not how awesome Justin Fields is, which he is. The biggest storyline is that the Big Ten presidents gave zero wiggle room for any potential postponement, schedule movement, anything like that. They just said, no, it's going to be a no contest. It's like, well, that's the story there then. Mm -hmm. How are they going to be able to manage this? They're not going to be able to, especially if they're going uh, to classes and everything like that. Well, and like like we've seen, I mean, and just from like a football perspective, because, you know, you don't know about the the study, the 10 years Road, yeah, yeah. But they can play safely, but they have to reschedule these games because this shit's going on at campuses everywhere. I mean, like, look at Florida. They have a big breakout. It's like, all right, we can't play Saturday, but we'll just we'll push it down. Like, it can be done, but if you give them no wiggle room, there's nothing that can be done. Like, and we're at the point now where they can't do that. No. Them choosing to start a month and a half after everybody else. They're that, screwed. That eliminated a month and a half bubble there uh, for them to potentially be our buffered to be able to move. And listen, we're not – we are talking strictly from a meathead standpoint here mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. the football. And if you're a Big Ten fan and Big Ten football player, Big Ten football coach, or anybody that is involved with football in Big Ten, which is a massively emotional and financial investment by a lot of people. Yeah. If you see everybody else being able to figure it out and your conference doesn't, at some point you just got to be like, well, why would you guys – you guys wanted this to fail because you originally said that it wouldn't work. And then everybody else proved you wrong, and now you're trying to like – it's a classic like little kid thing. Like, you know what? Uh, I was right. Oh, okay. You can get what you want, but it's mm-hmm. going to be this particular way. And like we've seen, too, like these kids can do everything right. And j- like you're on a college campus, you know, you order something from somewhere like COVID runs rampant in these towns. It just does. Like, and it's going to. So like these kids can do everything right and still get screwed. Hey, by the way, you college kids that are watching right now, mm-hmm. I've heard that happens. Hey, 10 years from now, you better fucking remember what you chose to do. Yeah, that's right. Be careful. And and by the way, there's a big group of people right there that have forgotten it takes all of us. And And also, also, register to vote. (laughs) Speaking of voting, at Viva Lazito, what is your poll for the day? Today we have, who are we hammering tonight? Uh, Falcons are actually 33.3% and Panthers 66.7%. Okay, after a couple of days of having polls the size of 50,000 votes and 30,000 votes, I I do believe today's vote poll might not draw as much juice. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people said it's a a weak uh, limp poll. But uh, oh, flaccid oh, poll. That's no. what they're saying. Shit. But oh. Falcons and Panthers don't have the juice today. Oh, so he's <laughs> he's moving the attention away from his flaccid poll, yeah. right to what's on their the flaccid poll. poll. Flaccid yep. Smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is. They, don't let them poll shame you, dude. They no, are. Don't let them poll shame mm. you. Uh, joining us now is a man who has been making us money. Okay, he's been making us money. Oh yeah. 
Uh, it got a little cold here this last particular day. But tonight is the night he heats back up. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, former NFL DB for nine years out of UConn, Darius Butler. Dodgers fan. You're not a Dodgers fan. Get <laughs> big, big Dodgers guy. Get out of here, <laughs> now, I, I am a Kershaw fan. I'm a Mookie Betts fan. And, um, you know, they're champs now. So, uh, you know, I'm repping them today. A lot of questions in the office. A lot of questions in the office over there. Kawhi Leonard, best basketball player on earth. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. man. Yeah. You, then LeBron. I was wrong. They're, then they're Le- wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah, but you're only saying that now because... You know, nobody yeah. thinks – If you, the boys are saying, not me, I'm just telling you, there is yeah. a little bit of a narrative being pushed in oh, the yeah. office mm-hmm. that you potentially are just, you know, like, hey, what's ever going good right now? I'm going to go ahead and ride with I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bandwagon guy. That's what yeah, – that's, oh, no. okay. that's what was I said. Mean, I, I, I rode with my heat the whole way, man, so y'all know, y'all know I'm not a bandwagon Fair. guy, man. And hey, they made the finals, though. Like, yeah. if, easy to, <laughs> easy to do that. If they – if they, wow. if they did wow. it, <laughs> I expected better from you guys. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, that made me laugh. Uh, good for you, man. I like being happy, too. Hey, let's go Dodgers, dude. We fucking bomb baseballs, <laughs> dude. Turner's my favorite Hey, player. Clayton Kershaw, 2-0 yeah, right. two, two in the World Series, man. Got that monkey off his back. Let's yeah. go, Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, Dodgers. That's what I'm talking Nerd, about. Put some, put some respect on his name. Yeah, you, and you, I do remember you talking about the Dodgers and doing their chant like in the locker room like five, six years ago. You know what I mean? You, were a big you remember fan. that? Yeah, yeah, you were a big fan of the Dodgers. Yeah. You remember? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. I gotta forget. Well, how could <laughs> you forget? Different, different, different squad back then, though. No, squad. let's talk about this now. How could you forget? Yes. I, it seems like you do forget some things. I was listening to the Man to Man podcast, which is made into my rotation of uh, podcasts that I consume, and I appreciate what you and Antoine. I appreciate, Beth- I appreciate that. No, you and Antoine Bethany put out a great show. Um, to a, but this one little part of the show, I had some questions. We'll oh, run. Shit. Yeah, we'll run it, and then we'll <laughs> ask some questions. On the field goal team, <laughs> you only have what? Ain't, ain't no real athletes on the ain't field goal. Whoa! get to that conversation okay i haven't listened wow. to the episode yet and what was that all about darius butler i've made in my life off of block field goals i think two tackles maybe off that thing mm-hmm. and i know what you were alluding to okay because if you get a long field goal that comes up short and you catch it which i assume is what you guys were talking about when antoine yep. had that long one and then gary brackett killed that guy he destroyed him destroyed him <laughs> but whenever you catch a short field goal or whatever you have offensive linemen out there okay you have tight ends out there it is a great opportunity to go but you're lying about there are no athletes on the it was just so fucking disrespectful <laughs> You know? I was tripping, man. I was tripping. I've seen you not cast out. I've seen Vinny run down freaking Hall of Famers. Herschel Walker. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen you guys do it, so I apologize for that. But that is how we got to that conversation, um, talking about Buddha got ran down by DK, and then we kind of, you know, went to the convo. If it was, you know, if either one of us had been walked down before, and uh, Tuan brought up that moment. Ugly moment, man. I'm just thinking, like, damn, it's the field goal team. Like, who the hell could have been out there that could have ran you down? 
Um, especially if uh, Pat and Vinny weren't out there. Okay, so, okay. Uh, yeah, so that, you know, it's, there's exceptions to every rule. Come on now. Well, you, you made it sound like there wasn't whenever you delivered the line the first time, but the uh, I appreciate the compliment there. The, <laughs> Antoine was so tired at the end of that. I, I remember he was dead. I think they had to like carry him almost into the locker room at that point. Man, was, you, you can't try to go 108 and cut back. Like, that's, that's <laughs> the yards you're trying to run. It was over. Let's Chris talk, Stevens went and got him. Let's talk about Buda Baker. Okay, yep. he is a game destroyer. You and Antoine talked to him earlier in the year. You guys, before he even got paid, you guys talked to uh, about him, talked him up. I think that's because yep. Antoine was playing for the Cardinals. I think he saw him. He's a savage. Deep. That guy is an absolute savage on the field, and I don't think it's that big of a deal that he got walked by DK Metcalf. Now the images no. of how big DK was compared to Buddha, and he's running <laughs> after him. I mean, that is a scary. Mm-hmm. That's a great meme. Everybody knows that. But Buddha is an absolute. He's a game changer, like potential defensive player of the year type player. Yeah, he, he's a monster, man, and the, the impact that he has all over the field. And, um, you know, we joked about it, but, you know, for him to be the highest-paid safety this year this, ever and not even have interceptions coming into uh, coming into this year says everything you know about his game. But he, he, he impacts the game. Um, you know, he can rush the pass. He can tackle an open field, and that's all the things that you need in uh, today's game. And he's smart as hell. He plays the game hard, plays the right way, but he's smart. He knows where the ball is going to go. He knows, um, you know, formations, player personnel. Um, he can do. He can do it all. Hey, I don't know if you just got this text from the NFLPA, but uh, there's a virtual <laughs> health chat happening in uh, in ten minutes. I, I, oh, nice, Doctor Robert. Something. Yeah, I saw that. Do, do you get the Friday tips from the NFLPA when they text them in there? I, yeah, I get it all. Oh. Yeah, I can't think of the last one I, I actually. Bro, it is, it is such a one-sided conversation with me and the NFLP. Same, same here. <laughs> Sorry, I literally the just NBA. got that text, and I don't know how many other people. I read the tips to the office. Mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, uh, the NFLPA has a tip today. <laughs> just like, it's so hilarious. Love them. I don't know how I ended up on this list, but I'm very thankful that I'm here. The NFLPA just sends these messages. Let's talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lifetime member. Yeah, let's. Hey. Hey, we earned that, didn't we? Hell, yeah. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, you're damn right we did. <laughs> um, tonight, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons are traveling to Charlotte. I'm sure you've watched them film. I'm sure you have some thoughts. I want to lay out something that I pitched early on to make this game a lot more enticing for people than people actually think it is. Tonight could be <laughs> tonight could be the last time Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are on primetime television this season. You know what I mean? Like, this could be yeah. Julio, who I'm not saying Julio would ever come out and say, I don't want to be here anymore, come trade for me. Or Matt Ryan is saying, like, hey, you can come trade for me after this season if they decide to go in a different direction but uh, their last primetime game they could show up and show out and take this thing over or Julio Jones could have that type of feeling and Matt Ryan has a bad game I don't know how tonight mm-hmm. goes but I do think the fact that it's potentially their last primetime game this season does mean a little bit more I think yeah oh uh, shit Julio is the all-time leader I just heard in Thursday Night Football but uh, he's a dog man he's wow. back he's been banged up that is a new had a hip had a hammy <laughs> Uh, you know, he'll be he'll be out there with Matty Ice probably like you said, the last time together on prime time that we'll see him. I think uh I think he is the over. I might as well jump right into it. I think Matt Ryan, Ryan over, over wow. two eighty. And I think he is that um, you know, having he got pretty much two number one wideouts with um, you know, with Julio and then you got Ridley. Cage, who we thought would kind of break out a little bit this year, kind of tailed off, but he's back in at Hurst. Got a lot of weapons over there. Um, guys been rotating on the defensive side for uh, for the Panthers. Uh, Rasul Douglas went to that COVID list. If he plays, that makes a difference. But um, I still think he has that, um, that overnight because they're going to need it. Do you think the personal side, does that factor in to your – 
I, I make a big deal out of people's mindsets going in. Uh-huh. Like, for instance, like I'm all about a big spike game. Like mm-hmm. I, We all knew Aaron Rodgers was going to play great this past weekend against the Houston Texans after what happened against Tampa and people started burying yep. him. Like, I believe in people like having spite in like wanting to go and say, fuck you to people. Like I, I believe that that heightens people's abilities to play football. Like, I, I think that is a... Definitely does. Yeah, Short I think, term. I, I agree. Short term. I don't think it carries, yeah. but I think it yep. is potential. This Julio Matt Ryan being live, like I on primes, I think that is a big factor. There's supposed to be an alleged tropical storm coming mm-hmm. through there, though, oh. maybe, which could change some things. Gumpy has a nuke, I guess. Gumpy, what do you got? Yeah, on to oh, Darius's Thursday night. Julio Jones, 59 catches for 912 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> He's a dog. He's a dog. I still think they catch that L tonight, though. Ooh, so I, I take I, I'm taking Panthers to get that win. Oh, uh, Teddy B is undefeated against uh, Matt Ryan. I think three and zero. I don't think he loses to him tonight. He should have beat the, the Saints last week, I think. But um, you know, play well. Um, I think they'll go out there and beat him uh, comfortably tonight. And that's why I'm gonna stay away from Teddy B's. You know, over under because I'm not sure how much he's gonna have to throw in that fourth quarter. But, um, you know, I, they only ran 46 plays on offense last week. The Panthers did. So I think Brady got a lot of plays left in his back pocket that he hasn't shown from last week. So I think it'll be a good one for them tonight. But uh, it's actually going to be a good game tonight. I think it'll be a good one. Oh, so you like the Carolina Panthers, but you think Matt Ryan's going to throw 280. Yeah. That means the offense for Atlanta is going to move, you think? You think that's going to move, so it's going to be a high-scoring game? Is that what you think or no? What's the over-under? 51? 51 and a 51 and a half. I think I'll take the over on that one. Ooh. I think I'll take, I, I like I like I like both of these quarterbacks when it comes to moving the ball and putting up points when they need to. Um, so I, I definitely take the over on that one. I think uh, it's been we, high scoring back and forth. We have a guy in the office who is the face of betting the unders. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and everybody hates betting the under because you're you're wishing for a lot of punts, which by the way I'm cool with. But you're wishing for a lot yeah. of failure too, missed field goals, failed opportunities, things like that. Tone Diggs has made a lot of money on the unders this year. Oh, yeah. Okay, and it's a miserable oh, yeah. football. It's miserable football to watch though because you're hoping everybody sucks. Diggs, tonight you saw the tropical storm warning, I assume, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. here we go, the unders. Back. Normally this is a clear over game with Carolina and Falcons, so I wasn't going to touch the under, but then fucking Tropical Storm Zeta rolls through. <laughs> oh. we got potential 70%, 85% chance of rain tonight with 20 to 25 mile an hour wind gusts. Thinking about taking the under. Are you? Are you, are you? Let's take the under. Oh, yeah. shit. Under digs, man. Just hey, it. Unless it's not does, raining. That, it, that, uh, does, that does affect the pass game, though, so um, that's, that's, that's not a bad bet. Let's wait till kickoff, see what the weather's like. Not a bad bet. does affect the pass game. But, hey, shout out to you, Pat, educating the folks. I saw you um, talking about uh, field position and how important that was with Hecker because that performance, I mean, it's oh. not talked about enough. When you change a game like that, as an offense, you're coming out backed up every time. Um, as a defense, I mean, you, you you can't get any better than that. The Bears, by the way, you and I have uh, tag team for some points in the past, which I appreciate you. Yep. Yeah, it was pin them, D-butt pick six. Pin them, mm, D-butt pick Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was, Complimentary football. It was awesome because obviously – like, it's a lot better than when you pin them and then they just get 30 yards on the first fucking play. And it's like, well, shouldn't have even put it. Shouldn't have even yep. punted. Should have just took a knee. But whenever that happened, it was awesome. I said that Johnny Hecker, and now this is obviously me being me, and it was taken because it was coming from me. He should have been the defensive player of the week in the NFC. Like, that, the, the playbook that the Chicago Bears had. Now, granted, everybody's dumping on Matt Nagy's offense for being lack of creativity. Mm-hmm. And he threw an interception in the red zone, which is tough and all that mm-hmm. shit. And, and but, you tried to force me to call the Nick Foles a good quarterback, too. He oh, did say he stunk. Tried, he did tried say to force it. me into that one. I was oh. being nice, too. 
Okay, so let's talk about it, though. Whenever you're getting pinned at, like, the four, the three, the two, every single drive, that's a lot of offense that you have to create to score any points. And your playbook is, like, so small whenever you're backed up. As a defense, whenever somebody's pinned, now I guess there's two different styles of defense that I got to watch whenever I would punt. But there's some bend but don't break ideas like, hey, they're going to get yards on us, but whenever it gets stingy, we'll, we'll go ahead and lock this thing down. We'll give up field goals. And then there's some defenses that are awesome. The defenses that change games. Whenever they're yep. pinned deep, they fucking go and get it. And it felt like the Rams were doing that the other night. And that's yeah. complimentary football. That's what you need, you know? That is, man. You saw they, they had a chance, though. You saw Ramsey get get greedy because that's when guys want to score. You know, you got a team backed up. You want to jump a route. And uh, you saw him jump on that double move. But, you know, Foles got hit and they missed him. So um, the Rams were, were coming after him when they were backed up. And like you said, it's to tough. Me. It's tough for an offense because they're, they're afraid to take that safety. They're afraid to give up points. So they, literally they come out with the mindset of get the first down because if you kick a punt, from uh, backed up, you can't get your right, you know, alignment as far as the punt game even goes. So um, their mindset is to get a first down, and if we know that mindset coming into it as a defense, we can call it a little more aggressively. Um, we we got a menu of their backed up plays, especially at this point in the season, so we know what they like to do, what they don't like to do, if they take shots, what they run boots, whatever. So um, I, I, it's it's nothing better than getting that thing backed up, pause as as a defense. I think you. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, you have more of those than I think any other human in media, man. <laughs> At this point, the pause moments. The um, You had one against Jacksonville and one against Tennessee, which basically locked up the AFC South for us one year. It was awesome. It was really – did you know – so you just said that you know their backed up plays. You knew exactly what was coming. That's why you could just jump both of those routes. Like, you just jumped the route. It looked like you were almost – you knew the play was coming. You just had to – and when you know a play is coming, do you have to not give it away – like – you have to yeah. act like you don't know what the fuck's about to happen, and then as soon as it starts happening, you're like, "Oh my god, it's happening!" Here we go. We got. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly that. Because um, once once the snap is in hand, you know everything is moving a lot faster. So um, if, if pre-snap, you can look at a formation, um, understand the situation, and say, "Okay, I got it down to this play or that play." And then once the quarterback comes out and you get a look, everything adds up. You know that's when you just drop your nuts and go make a play. <laughs> and um, you know that, that's that's what happens. It's, not, it's nothing better than that. That's what happened in Jacksonville. I knew it was going to be an out route, but like you said, I couldn't tip my hand early. I was in a flat, came up, and uh, when you throw those outs, those outs go to the crib if they're, if they're not perfect. Who was that guy that threw like 14 straight weeks of pick sixes without route? Schaub? Matt no. Schaub. Uh, Schaub. Schaub at Houston, right? He was out of Houston. <laughs> yep. He was just, he was literally uh, the pick six burger. There's no way, no way he went 14 straight with a pick six. That's no way. Oh, my no God. Way. I don't want to hammer so it. so many. It might have been a little bit exaggerated. Four, yeah, that 14 straight with a pick six. Oh, man. In my head, I'm thinking it's maybe but, true. But, but Shab did have some very predictable tendencies. Uh, yeah, Kubiak and, and Shab. Only did, four yeah, straight. You know, those rollouts. You only had a couple, <laughs> couple plays that they ran from those. So. 14 total. I knew 14, that. No, that's, that's, no, it was that's, four of them. It was four of them. So I knew there was four. four. Okay. okay. That's what I mean. That's, that's I a whole lot. Wow, Shab did not deserve that at all. Uh, whenever you're not try- when you're trying to not give away a play, like that's a big part of it. By the way, uh, Troy Paul Malut said that when I was jogging on to go score that touchdown against the Steelers, that he noticed that my energy level seemed to be higher than it normally was. So he went over there and fucked me over. That's what he said. That's what he actually said. Interesting. Little did I know, I had to. I was shitting my pants. I was about to score a touchdown. I mean, get off my ass, dude. What do you got? We, we've seen it happen even with coaches, special team coordinators. Oh. You see him on the sideline. Hey, yeah, yeah. Shit's uh, coming. That guy's yeah, yelling. Yeah, that, that much energy all day. Earlier this year, the Carolina Panthers were calling a fake. 
a fake punt and Matt Rule was literally yelling at somebody on the sideline they had the camera zoomed in on him and I was like oh this is going to be a fake and then it was a fake they got stopped like two yards earlier and I did an entire IG story about it I was like uh, Matt Rule let me tell you about something here okay and I love Matt rookie, Rule Matt, rookie, hey, rookie move hey you're with adults here now okay whenever you're <laughs> this isn't college football where the kids have yeah. no idea what's going on it's, there's somebody literally watching you that's like their job is to watch you and as soon as you start yelling or acting any different at all there's immediate alert here I'm we go bang it's else, coming yeah. in football is at at the NFL and I love Dwayne Johnson. Okay, I love Dwayne Johnson. He said they're going to work harder than anybody. Football in the NFL is so fucking high level. When, like, there's even the bad teams. There's so much happening in there where it's like, oh my lord. What do you got, Connor? Uh, Darius, a guy playing defense tonight for the Panthers, Jeremy Chin, just won Defensive Rookie of the Month. Uh, who the hell is he, and uh, why is he so good, and why have I never heard of this guy? <laughs> Well, he went to a small school, um, so that's probably where you haven't heard of him. He still went a high pick. And he can do everything. He's kind of who we thought um, Isaiah Simmons would kind of be, uh, one of those guys who can you know, can cover tight ends. He can fly around, play the deep part of the field, play around the ball. But he's an unbelievable talent, and uh, he, he's ascending just like a lot of other young players on that uh, Carolina defense. You got Dante Jackson. You got Brian Burns who's um, playing a lot more snaps this year compared to last year at this time. And he, he, he had a big strip sack last week. So um, all those guys are kind of growing together. And Chen, Chen is, I mean, he, he's, he's one of the better rookies playing right now, obviously being named uh, player of the month. But, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, see, that's why I enjoy talking to you, by the way. We did not tell you that question was coming, and you just had a full scouting report on that is why That is why we enjoy talking to you a lot. What's going on, Ty? Uh, G-Bud, with, with the reports that – uh, Stephon Gilmore might be getting traded from the Patriots. Obviously, he's making like a team much better. But how a guy like that? How how is he making the guys around him a lot better? Um, it, it would really depend on the system that he goes to. Because uh, obviously, he has a, a huge uh, price tag that's gonna come with him. Um, I would think he was still he would still probably demand a. a First, second round pick. I would probably say second at the lowest. Um, you know, he's defensive player of the year. And you can just do so many things um, as a defense, so many other things. You can lock him on a guy and kind of shift guys away and do much more, you know, shift coverages away from him. So that that brings you a whole nother level of, you know, pack, blitz packages and different coverages you can run when you got to shut down a guy like him. Um, and when, when you're losing, you know, they're two and four over there, three losses in a row for the first time in forever. So, um, you know, some changes are going to be made. Some people are going to be shocked. You know how Bill gets down. So, um, he can, But he can definitely help a team tremendously still with his skill set and what he does. Bill Belichick's big thing is he'll get rid of you before you even start playing your bad football. Do you think that yep. is, by watching Stephon Gilmore, has he decreased at all as a player? Or is this just strictly we need to open up some cap space and kind of start to rebuild this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if, if he's really being shopped around, um, and like I said, you're going to have to give up some real capital for him because uh, it won't be a bad deal when you look at it. But uh, he, it's, he, you're playing cornerback. So Bill Belichick has probably the belief in himself to, okay, I can build around, I can help, I can build his defense around other cornerbacks. You still got J.C. Jackson, you still got McCourty, you still got Jones, you still got a bunch of guys who can play good football at the position. So um, it's not like a guy that you can trade away and not really still be good. Uh, so that, that's that's the only reason you will be even entertaining uh, offers of a player like this. And obviously they need a bunch of weapons offensively. Uh, potentially they may be in a market for a quarterback in the draft. Um, oh. Things things don't pick up with uh, with uh, Cam. So, um, you know, things 
Things got to change. Builders are getting younger. He's not going to be in a rebuild. So, um, you know, he's going to move his assets around and get more assets. That's what he always done, and I think he'll keep doing that. Oh, good stock market yeah. money talk you just brought mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> on you. The, um, is Gilly Lock man-to-man or zone? He could do both, uh, but man to man, that's that's the, those are the guys who really, um, you know, demand that type of money, like a Jalen Ramsey, a White, or somebody like that. You can match him up on the more receivers. You can shift coverage away. He's man to man is his strength, but uh, he can, he's definitely smart enough to play zone. Uh, I've seen him blitz a little bit here and there, but man to man is his thing. Who's a good home for him then? What would be a good defense that would be, or is any defense good because they can just play with ten players doing whatever the hell else they need to do? Literally, literally any defense, anybody that can afford them. Um, you know, anybody that can afford if you're a contender and you need um, something like that in your secondary, you know, you would think Browns. I think the Browns are right? the Browns, Browns, Browns have the money. Um, you know, they're they're definitely in the in the contender seats. That's gonna be a tough division. So um, you know, any extra pieces you can get to win. And I think they can afford them, too. I think they got decent cap space. So um, that Browns could be a, a good place for them. Well, we're looking to afford, be able to afford them by tomorrow. I'm going to hammer um, – I don't know which one of your bets I'm going to hammer. You said Carolina to win, Matt Ryan over 280 and a half yards. I don't know which one I'm going to hammer yet, but maybe – I would hammer that over, that over 280. There's a tropical – I got to pick one. There's a tropical storm coming, D. But a tropical yeah. storm. What's what's the name of that bitch? Uh, Zeta. It's there right oh, now. No. Zeta. Oh, the remnants no. will possibly still be there tonight. Oh, we don't know if it's going to be there tonight. Possibly. It, it's eighty percent. Oh, that's but percentage. Uh, we need. We need. That's, small what, I, that's what I said. You got to wait till watch the watch the pregame with Steve Smith. Oh man, he's a, he's a dome quarterback too. Shh. Ooh. Yeah, but you're just telling me to bet that one harder than the other one, and you've yeah. been pretty good. And, and now I'm so, I'm not questioning it. I'm hammering it. And if we lose, I, we won't be able to afford <laughs> Stephon Gilmore tomorrow. If right. we win, we can get him. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, which you should check out. It is hilarious and insightful. Darius Butler. Yeah, yeah. Go Dodgers. Thank you. <laughs> 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 so sorry to interrupt i just want to let you know are you sick of cable yeah of course <laughs> we are too good hey will you be a guy in texas hey are you sick of cable Goddamn right i'm sick of cable we are too pal we should be that's why we're switching to Fubo TV for live sports. Oh, I love Fubo TV. Hey, have you heard of Fubo down there? Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Watch it every night. They got live sports, live news, and primetime TV without the complicated contracts. It's the only way I watch the fucking horns, baby. How are you with the contracts whenever you dive into them? If they're complicated, what do you do? Fucking tear them up. Then what? Rip them apart. Then what? Shred them. Then what? Burn them. What? Piss on them. What? Shoot them. What? Fucking wipe my ass with them. Well, you don't have to do that with Fubo TV, man, because there's no complicated contracts. I love those guys, man. Do you love watching TV but hate your cable company? It's time to finally cut the cord with Fubo TV. And you can pay less money for more channels. Shit, that ain't tell me that. Well, let me tell you. Less money, more, more product. channels. How's that work? It doesn't sound like it should. That's dumb business, isn't it? It is. Well, that's why Fubo TV is the greatest. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. We all know that. Fubo TV, $65 a month to watch the same channels, and you don't pay for DVR or an installation. That's what I'm talking about. Fubo TV is how you should be watching TV. Get everything you want all in one place for less than the cost of cable. Just said that. Actually gave you stats there. Yeah. Numbers. 
That's what I need. Give me the goddamn analytics. With Fubo TV, you'll never miss a game. They have the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, Premier League, La Liga, college sports, and more. There's no risk to try it out. Get full access to Fubo TV for seven days for free. Free? Free. Free? Free. I love free stuff. Right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven day free trial and. There's more. 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com forward slash McAfee. Well, goddamn. There are no contracts and you can cancel anytime. FuboTV.com forward slash MCAFEE. Go to FuboTV.com forward slash McAfee for 15% off your first month and a free week trial. That's FuboTV.com forward slash McAfee. Nothing better. And they got uh, the PBR on there too, I believe. Hook them. Everyone down in Texas. Yeah, bull riding. Hook them. Hook them. Horns, baby. Hey, Boomer. Nah, I won't say it. Can't do it. (laughs) The man who is joining us now is a guy who, I want to make sure I read these right. Mm A lot of accolades for this guy. Oh, yeah. A lot of accolades for this guy. Super Bowl champion, obviously. Nine-time Pro Bowler. What? Nine times? Nine. Was there a niner? Nine-time Pro Bowler. Eight-time All-Pro. He's on the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team. Okay? Pretty good team to be a part of the all-time team. NFL All-Decade team. He's been a Hall of Fame finalist for five straight years. Okay? Need to get him in there. Get him in. And he's lost uh, over 100 pounds since retirement. Ladies and gentlemen, skinny, handsome, former monster, Alan Fanica. That is something I've not been called before. <laughs> Skinny handsome, former Skinny monster. Handsome. Skinny handsome. <laughs> uh, Alan, with it, we just showed this photo on YouTube here of your playing weight, and then I assume that is uh, that was 2014, but it looks like you've stuck with that entire thing. We see this with offensive linemen, and you were obviously the first one. Uh, Jeff Saturday followed in your footsteps. The same type of transition happened. Marshall Yonda has now followed in your footsteps in this type of transition. For me, once I retired, I got bigger, okay? A lot of people get bigger. You want the complete opposite direction did you know that you're going to lose all the weight like was keeping weight on while you were playing a real difficulty for you it wasn't a real difficulty but you know i definitely had to eat a lot and uh to maintain i think the you know going through college and as you start learning what good food is you know so all of a sudden you know you're going from cheeseburgers and taco bell to you know grilled chicken and things so i definitely had to begin to eat more food uh which you know it's not a bad thing either but uh (laughs) i definitely knew when i was done i was gonna try and lose the weight uh i just wanted to give it a shot figured you know 320 325 isn't what i was supposed to be at at uh 40 50 60 years old so i uh i said uh, i'm gonna give it a go and uh you know i I keep telling people i was cheating man i was i did it right after i was uh done playing and retired and it was just like another season i was still in that football mode and uh, it'd be really hard to do now. What did you? Yeah, oh yeah, amen. <laughs> amen, there, pal. That's like whenever people don't finish their college and then they take a year off or whatever, and it's like, well, every year that you pass there, it is only going to get harder to want to go back. I assume the weight that you just alluded I to. Got too. Yeah, yeah. You just, <laughs> I'll go back and I, get it. I'll go. I had four classes. Now I got like twelve classes. <laughs> yeah, and somehow hours just disappear the longer you wait. It's like, wait a minute, did I not fucking go to those classes? What are we even doing here? Um, what did you get into? Was 
it triathlons, Ironmans? What what did you? What was your choice of workout there that you got into? Uh, you know, I did a bunch of things. I basically just did cardio, a lot of cardio, uh, and I kind of got into the running thing after I really lost most of the weight. Is when I uh, got into the running and uh, ran that marathon. That's where that picture's from. Your knees had to be so happy whenever you were running at that lightweight. Your knees had to be like, thank God, this guy. Oh man. The day I lost 30 pounds, I'm on the floor, I'm playing with my little girl, and I get up off the floor, and I just kind of popped up. I didn't make the old man, <laughs> I, didn't have to like, I didn't have to like create momentum to get up off the floor, and I just stood up, and I was like, all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, I am an athlete, aren't Yeah, I am an athlete still at yep. this point. Let's talk about playing offensive line. You played guard for 13 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're talking to Alan Fanica. Uh, he, it seems like he's maybe lost 300 pounds, but he has not. It's just over 100 somewhere, and he's super healthy man but in the trenches where you made a living that's where the game is won and lost i mean it is it is still no matter how many changes are made to football uh you can become this spread out offense rpo everything if you don't have an offensive line you're kind of fucked at this particular point when you look at the pittsburgh steelers uh that defensive line is an absolute terror the secondary is opportunistic. They're getting the rock back. Ben Roethlisberger's back. Chase Claypool has come alive. But I think the offensive line is going to be where they win the games late in December and January. That's where it's going to all have to figure out. How do you feel about the Steelers' offensive line? Are they at the level of every other piece of the Pittsburgh Steelers, it feels like, aside from punter, which they just had to replace there? Yeah, you know, I think they are, man. They got, they got a highly veteran group. Uh, they lean on those guys. Uh, those three or four guys that have been there doing it uh, year in and year out for them. Uh, you know, they took a, they took a little uh, bum rap last year, you know, with the bin going down and, and the quarterback changes and fluctuating. Uh, you know, when that's going on, the, the O-line uh, never looks good. We're, we're always uh, off time, off rhythm, um, just not going to look good. And I, I think they've bounced back a lot this year, and they're going to lean heavy on that. What do you think is uh, what do you think is is an offensive line in the NFL? And I, do you watch? Do you still watch a lot of uh, the NFL? Or are you still like a diehard football guy? Uh, you know, I got away and I got back in. You know, I definitely tune in and watch. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of guys when they retire, by the way. Uh, I don't, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just talking about a lot of guys that I've talked to hate football. They're like, I'm so sick of football. You kind of it loses its luster because a lot of guys, whenever their career ends, they either get cut, their body can't keep it anymore. So this thing that you've loved your entire life, you kind of get a jaded view of it. And a lot of guys for like a year don't even watch football. They go, there's a lot of guys that go out into the woods, they hunt, they fish, they try to stay as way, far away from football as possible. And then you you slowly see them start creeping back. They're like, oh, this is the game I love. They don't have as much hatred towards it. So that's why. I asked if you still watch it you you seem to have that similar pattern in my no no yeah definitely definitely you know I wouldn't I wouldn't running off into the woods to get away from it but by <laughs> no means did I I was like all right it's Sunday at one o'clock you know let's uh, let's watch some football uh I had a buddy tell me the same thing and I was like no way man you're lying uh he had just retired I had a couple years left and then uh it was like opening day Sunday and it was like six o'clock and I was out barbecuing and I hadn't watched or thought of football all day and I was like Damn, Jeff was right. (laughs) (laughs) But now that you get back into it and you're starting to watch, there is some incredible offensive lines right now. The one in Indianapolis Colts, for instance, they got some dominating players. There are some other places that have great – I mean, if you look at what Kansas City Chiefs offensive line has been able to do uh, to turn them into also a run game while coming off a a defending Super Bowl for being such a high-octane offense, why is the offensive line either so hard to find the great ones? Like, it seems like there is a big difference between, like, good offensive lines and bad offensive lines. And why do you see, like, a potential deterioration of the position? 
you know, college doesn't do the best thing of, uh, of uh, grooming and raising the, the way the college game has gone. Uh, so a lot of guys are missing those years uh, of, of development. Uh, you know, everybody's staring at the sideline, looking at the coach, let the coach make all the decisions. Uh, so I think a lot of that is lost in translation coming to the NFL. I think, um, you know, when you start talking about the differences between good and great offensive lines, uh, uh, you know, like just like a receiver is, there's the ball's in the air and there's just milliseconds to make a decision. Uh, the same things are happening uh, up front, and uh, you know you can get a big guy to get up there and uh, and, and muscle around and, and do some good things. And uh, but uh, are they going to adapt and be able to make changes? And are they? You know, you get two of those guys next to each other, man. Those guys can really do. Uh, some good things. I was very fortunate to play with guys like that on both my sides, you know, where you can just kind of get a feel for each other. And it's kind of like, a, it's, it's not a dance, but, uh, you know, you definitely, yeah. there's a, a lack of uh, needing to communicate. You're just able to do things and pull things off uh, that uh, otherwise you wouldn't be able to. You'd be on the sideline talking about how you wish you would have been able to get to it. Anthony Costanza left tackle for the Colts for a long time. When Quentin Nelson got there, he got much better at football. Like, he was a great football player, and then when Quentin Nelson got there, it was like Anthony Costanza became, like, premier tackle all of a sudden. That is a big help, I'd assume. Definitely, man. You know, I always thought about it uh, as a way of – it wasn't my job was to go get my guy and destroy my guy. My job was to get – get to my guy, do my do my job, but at the same time, man, I got time to help guys. I got, I got time to give a nudge. I got time to stay a little bit longer. Let, let's make everybody look good. Let's, let's get it going. Hey, back in the day, too, you used to have to take shots to the head from every defensive line. They oh. got rid of that rule. That was, that was a wild rule. Defensive linemen used to be able to get, like, casts on their hands, and then as soon as the ball was snapped, just flailing right <laughs> hook over top, right to the head of somebody. It's just like, oh, my, not even looking. Something. Sometimes you're blocking somebody else, and you just get a shot in the head. That was insane hand-to-hand combat you guys used to have to go through every single fucking play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. I always uh, wanted to know how those guys uh, got away with that uh, <laughs> aspect, man. Uh, you know, nobody was reaching for the hanky and dropping a flag either. It was just a uh, fair game. Every every play, there's a hold, though. You could say, yeah, and then it's just whether whether or not it's egregious or not. Oh yeah, this, I'm, I'm holding on every down. <laughs> you got to catch me. Uh, what do you got, Todd? Alan, uh, a lot of coaches say that each week it's just another game, looking to go one and zero. Tomlin makes makes no excuses he that this week this Ravens week is a different week what is it like in the in the locker room preparing for Ravens week for a Steelers player you know the the intensity is picked up it's picked up man I think uh you know I was asked this question the other day and you know how how did the new guys learn about uh uh, the rivalry and how does it become a rivalry to them and it's man just being in the locker room man all of a sudden you know you see everybody buzzing around, everybody's moving, everybody's doing extra, man. You know, instead of instead of uh, 20 guys being in early, early at the facility, you know, it's like 35, 40 guys are in. Uh, you know, you used to start feeding off of that, and all of a sudden uh, uh, practices are picked up. It's a little more chippy at practice, getting ready. Everybody's a little more intense, man. It's, uh, it's go time. You were a part of some legendary teams. Was there any super cool moments of practice that you just, like, that just popped into your head right there when I uh, when I said a cool moment that happened in practice? I'll, tell, I'll say one while you potentially <laughs> yeah. think. Uh, there was a moment where we had um, 
what was it, Philip Dorsett? Uh, Philip Dorsett. We drafted him first, our first round overall pick or whatever, and we cut Josh Cribbs the next day, and he was gone or whatever. So they implied that this guy was going to be our returner. That's why we drafted him. Never caught a punt before, really. It didn't work out. So he never really made it on our team. But he had some catches in practice that were just like the most insane highlight reel catches. Or uh, Darius Butler would make this absolute highlight reel insane catches on such a regular basis that nobody ever gets to see. I would assume on teams that you're on, there were some insane things happening at practice that nobody ever found out about. Who was a player that was like maybe on Sundays, uh, they're awesome big name players, but in practice too, they were doing the same exact thing. Um. You know, uh, not from my Pittsburgh days, but my, my year, my last year out in uh, in Arizona, man, a guy like uh, Fitz, man, he was out there just working and grinding, and uh, you know, he didn't care if the ball was a little bit out of reach, man. He was going for it, and and you know, more times than not, man, he found a way to to tip it to himself or, or reel it in, and was just out there playing like it was Sunday every day. He's He's just going to make $10 million a year for the rest of his life. He's. We saw him at a golf tournament. He's one of the mm-hmm. most in-shape humans I've ever seen. He had his track coach, I think, with him at the golf. They were getting sessions in in the morning. This is in the middle of the offseason. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything. I'm like, he's going to be able to play for however long. And he just gets that deal. It's like, yeah, another $10 million. Yep, I would like to do it. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and cash in another $10 million. Yeah, I'm going to do it again and another one. They're going to have to kick him out. It's <laughs> a good setup. What do you got, Ty? Alan. Ty, big fan of your weight loss. He wants to follow the same exact path, by the way. Well, I mean, I just I saw that Marshall Yonda, I'm from Iowa. He's a big Iowa guy. I didn't recognize him when he came on the show. I'm kind of starting to get into uh, Peloton. Do you do <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I am. I actually have been doing it. Uh, oh, let's go. Let's go. But, but the hips and the knees, like, do you and, get uh, – well, that too. The seats are uncomfortable. Do you Good. get to a point where, like you said, like you do get that like runner's high or whatever, or you kind of just pass that? Uh, no, you do get that runner's high, man. Uh, you definitely, uh, people told me about that too when I got into it and I said bullshit, you know, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you do, man, you kind of like, all right, what's the next thing, man? I ran that marathon and I was like, all right, what's next, man? I got to do something. Um, you definitely, you know, uh, I don't run quite as much. I do the Peloton a lot more now, but, uh, you know, there was a long time, uh, when it was like, man, it was a bad day if I didn't go for a run. I mean... How did you transition? Because forever punishment in our sport, you do something wrong, go run. Uh, You're a bad person, go run. You did this, go run. I think I'm so mentally weak, I couldn't just check in. It's something I've never been able to get into. I'm bummed. I do the Stairmaster now, but I can't get into run. I'm just so bummed about it. Yeah. Turn on the music and just tune out and roll. Where do you live at now? You down in Louisiana? I wish I was. I'm in Virginia. Oh, you hate Virginia, huh? <laughs> I, don't hate, I don't hate Virginia, but I miss home. I miss, and minus the hurricane they're going through right now. Yeah, T's and P's, obviously. And also for Carolina, who has a tropical storm, uh, Zeta going through mm-hmm. there. What do you got, Connor? Alan, has there been a thought ever to, you know, reach out to these other linemen who've lost a bunch of weight and, like, challenge them to a race or, oh! like, a, like, a bike ride or something? Just because, you know, you could easily establish yourself as the fastest post-NFL lineman ever in the history oh, of the NFL. A, let's do a skinny, fat guy <laughs> charity thing. Like just like fat man football, let's do it. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champ, nine-time Pro Bowler, gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Can't wait to watch that happen. You deserve it, ladies and gentlemen. Alan Fanica. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, joining us now is a man from The Ohio State University. Uh, he's a national champion in college football, Super Bowl champion in the NFL. Not sure how many people have done that, but we know he has. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. A.J. Hawk. Yeah! Let's go, A.J. What's going on, Bob? How you doing? Not much. I'm excited. Steve Smith, man. He's been on your show before, right? Yeah, we've had one conversation before, and it was electric. And, and every Thursday night, he buries somebody, and I absolutely love the way he operates, dude. He's awesome. He, he was so fun to watch play and so intimidating to play against. I mean, Steve Smith, I remember I was in the Bengals. We played against him when he was in Baltimore, and we were watching him on film. We're like, hey, man, it's going to take all 11 to get this guy down. Like, he does not want to go down ever, and he's blocking downfield like – He's a true competitor. Savage. He ran very angry, too, it felt like. In, at all times. At all times. He, <laughs> yeah. he ran very angry. And when he left Carolina, the Panthers fans were not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Baltimore, and I think there was a narrative that was trying to be painted, like, oh, he's old and washed up. And he was like, no, 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 that is not the case. And then he just made highlight moments after highlight moment after highlight moment there. And I would assume, after watching his film, that ice up sun line was like how he attacked every single game. It was like, hey, somebody's going to – if you're going to beat me, like, there's going to be an actual battle here that we are going to have to get after i love that he's on tv too he is a savage on television yeah he is and you know who he was going he was going against that day old pac-man you know pac-man's also same exact style how was it it was awesome it was amazing like it was (laughs) after every play there there's something going on with him i think they both i I mean i don't know we could ask steve but they seem to have like a, a mutual respect for each other why they wouldn't wouldn't mind going at it on the field for 65 plays in a row. I was on a WVU alum Zoom call, and Pac-Man was on there, and they were telling stories back from, like, college. Pac-Man was such a savage, dude. They I, – I, some – I forget what still line – Yeah, still, still a savage. Hit. Still awesome, by the way. I absolutely love Adam Pac-Man Jones. You will not find anybody in this room, I think, that has a single bad thing to say about him. He came and did our show in Cincinnati in front of a live audience, and the place went – bonkers and he had a incredible interview and i've known him uh since west virginia days and everything like that he was there a year before he left him and slim left a year before me but they came back worked out and took us out and stuff so i've known him for a long time on this zoom call there was like some stories being told you know about like pregame and stuff i guess pac-man would look through the program and find somebody on the team that he thought he could uh potentially punk out or whatever and, <laughs> and, and he would always tell like whoever was like maybe it was a linebacker or something somebody that i did not expect started telling this story and pac-man was like oh like started laughing <laughs> so like in warm-ups pac-man would just jog by whoever the guy is and this guy said he would watch it every single game and pac-man would just say something about the guy and you'd see the guy turn and it was either two different ways the guy was either like hey no problems here or it became combative and pac-man was like yeah this is what i'm here for like that guy pac-man was awesome one of the most underappreciated football players strictly because of uh the stuff that happened early in his career he was unbelievable at football absolutely i I watched him i think i've told you on here before i watched him he wasn't dressed for a game and he tried to fight the whole entire pittsburgh steelers team in (laughs) three games like it was awesome He got off uh, an airplane at the oh, Atlanta yeah. airport. And oh. He got his Popeyes. Okay, he's walking with his wife and his kid, I believe. And some airport attendant comes over and says something to him mm-hmm. and, like, pushes him or something. He drops his Popeyes. I think he had slippers on. I think he had Gucci flip-flops on. Just got off a plane. I think he had headphones on. Maybe he was dead asleep to walk with Popeyes. This guy says some bigger guy than Pac. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just knocks his ass out yeah. right and then just keeps walking. Just I think he held on to the Popeyes the whole time. Oh, he's the best, dude. <laughs> Pac- Pac-Man, obviously, off the field, he's made some mistakes i think he would admit that he's grown uh not everybody you know is i don't want to say i don't want to make excuses for anybody because you know you should know right or wrong but i think pac-man was given a lot and he had a lot of people around him and i think he probably handled it wrong i think he would even say that but what he matured into was 
I mean, just awesome to kind of watch unfold. I mean, that knockout in the Atlanta airport was oh, yeah. one of the oh. fucking best videos. Are I thought it was a fake. I thought it was a fake video, and they're like, "No, that's Pac-Man knocking that guy out." I'm like, "Let's go, dude. Let's go." I mean, as of more recently, is I heard Connor mention it—the Joe Hayden jersey situation, where he just lit him on fire. <laughs> yeah, like fifty of them. You know, who was it? Joe Hayden. Someone sent him like a literally a cardboard. No, box. no, I saw that. But who was it? Wasn't it somebody? Oh. Didn't somebody do it to him? Somebody. I thought somebody was fucking. Yeah, he came on a story. Yeah, he told a follow up story. He's also. I think he has some. Uh, I think he has a cannabis company as well that he's doing stuff. Yeah. Ooh. He's got touchdown pizza. Yeah, over his there pizza and Kentucky. wings. And they're very good. We yeah. had some at the show. And mm-hmm. zone. End zone pizza. There. So good. Touchdown end zone. Nice. So that's on me. Um, it is a touchdown when you try it. Bingo. <laughs> and the extra points. Good. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, tonight, Atlanta Falcons travel to Charlotte, which is currently experiencing a tropical storm named Zeta. Zeta. We have our boots on the ground in Charlotte telling us that there are power outages. There are uh, trees down in Charlotte right now. It is a bad thing going on in Charlotte. T's and P's to everybody in the Jewel City. Queen City. Queen City. Thank you so much. Back there in the back. Appreciate that. Need that. The Queen City. Uh, but does that affect Matt Ryan, you think, in Julio tonight? And do you think that favors the Carolina Panthers? Or is with Todd Gurley uh, trying, to, trying to not score touchdowns, is it scoring touchdowns at this point? Do you think that affects them? Or how do you think this night goes on Thursday Night Football, pal? Well, yeah. If it's, if it's gusting 45-mile-an-hour winds and it's torrential downpour, then I think it will affect the pass game a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We're having a little tech difficulties. I know. It's all jumbled up, isn't it? Well, you're a little blurry for sure. Yeah. Steve Smith, I guess there's an audio connection, but there isn't a video connection. Ugh. We're just kind of sitting here, like, just kind of wasting time, to be honest with you, at the moment. You look good, though, AJ. I, hey, it, yeah, it's, it's all kind of whatever. It's kind of messed up, but I... We I should call you back. We should call you back. Yeah. AJ... No, no, no. Get the uh, let's figure that out with AJ and well, then it's okay. Get, figure it out with AJ and Steve, and then we'll get back to this thing. If, if by the way, if the connection won't go for Steve, very bummed about it. Oh. But we'll watch him tonight, uh, Thursday night football because right. he oh, is yeah. electric on there. I was told Joey Porter was the person who sent the jersey. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So I knew there was somebody. Yeah. Joey Porter, by the way, another one of those guys. Savage. Savage who is not scared of anything. Yeah. Well, he was he was as a coach. He went out and fought some people too. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. He also got to do it with a uh, bouncer, right, in uh, the south side of Pittsburgh. Yes. Joey Porter was yes. a coach at the time. Got into it with a bouncer in the south side of Pittsburgh at a bar uh, that's relatively popular in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And um, this bouncer came out with this whole story. It was a big deal in Pittsburgh, obviously, because Joey Porter was uh, coaching at this time. And I think he got suspended or whatever. Turned out the bouncer was like a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. Yeah, he was oh. a Ravens fan. He, was, oh, he, cooked, he cooked this entire story Scum. up. The media, like, the media ran with it and everything. <laughs> How do you even hire that guy? By the way, that's what the Baltimore Ravens-Steelers rivalry is like, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. that bouncer thought he was doing something for the Ravens, getting Joey Porter out of the game that weekend, because I think he did get suspended. And then, like, as the weeks rolled on, it was like, was that story 100% accurate? And then people were looking at it and saying, this, like, this guy's a Ravens fan. It became like this entire conspiracy. That game's happening this weekend. Oh, yeah. So if you're any of the coaching staff on Steelers, you're probably not allowed yeah. to go out anyways because mm-hmm. lockdown. Like, just keep your head on a swivel out there because there are Ravens fans trying yeah. to take you down. Huck! Well, down. it's intense. It's an intense rivalry, no doubt, but there's respect involved as well. Diggs mm-hmm. can speak to this, too. One time when he was out uh, having a couple drinks and he ran into a Ravens fan on the street and, you know, some things went down. Diggs, I'll let you go from here. 
What happened? What do you mean? What are you talking about? What happened, Tony? Oh, Tony, Tony is a great fist story. fight with a Ravens fan out, out well, and about? Well, no. We both saw each other. We took one step past each other. We both turned around. We threw uh, a haymaker. We both hit each other. <laughs> and then we shook hands and walked away. That's the rivalry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Are you serious right now? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so you, he has a Ravens jersey on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have... Uh, the, whatever. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh. Okay, so you're walking this way. You're walking this way. You guys right walk... past Gino's Pizzeria. You guys walk past each other. Shout out to Gino, by the way. <laughs> Good pizza there. You both go... Might have been some words. Yeah, you gotta stop. Fuck that guy. Turn around. Both, haymaker, haymaker. We both swing. We both hit each other. And the friends were like, "What are we doing here, guys?" We're like, "You're right." We shake hands, walk. <laughs> oh. Something you just gotta do. Oh my god. What's uh, what's protocol like for a fight on the field? Uh, I, I don't yeah, know. I knew it was gone. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I would like to go back to this. The fact that a bouncer, okay tried to take out Joey Porter by saying there was an alleged fight. And then now we have this story of Diggs that we are just currently uh, learning about. This is, uh, is this the most awesome rivalry in all of football, maybe? All sports. Is this, yeah. is this it's, a good rivalry. it's a good rivalry. You walk past a guy who's just wearing the jersey of the team, and you guys just to stop, turn around, throw a haymaker at each other, and go, yeah, that's how it is, dude. Okay, Ray Lewis would tomorrow. Done that. <laughs> Ray Lewis, Joey Porter would have done that. Good yeah, they luck. were in town as a Saturday night. You say, hey, good luck tomorrow, and be on your way. See ya. Uh, we'll have to reschedule Steve Smith, uh, but we do have AJ Hawk back. Uh, that Cincinnati when you were there, Pittsburgh rivalry was pretty awesome as well. And that AFC North used to be a pretty uh, hated amongst each other place. That Cincinnati Pittsburgh one that you were a part of, though, where literally the fighting is what caused you guys to lose the playoff game oh. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just sometimes emotion gets the best of you, AJ. Sometimes emotion gets the best of you out there. Yeah, sometimes it does, I guess. But with Diggs' story, I, I was connected early enough to hear this. Did he, did both of you connect on each other's oh, faces? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diggs, Diggs serves a very – neither of them got knocked out, by the way, so we know about how both of them throw punches. And also – No, uh, you, when you come from Rust Belt towns, like that AFC North towns, you don't get knocked out. Either. Oh, you guys just both ate it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Bang. It was like rocking Apollo. You know, it is kind of <laughs> just well, Diggs socked the guy in the neck. <laughs> oh, neck shot. Oh, you missed. I wasn't sober. <laughs> Look. Oh, hey, AJ, have you ever seen those videos that are hitting the internet right now where it's um, they slap each other? Oh, oh I love oh, slap contest. There's like, yeah, full the league. Contest, yeah. Why don't you? You never got a single concussion, you say. You claim your jawline is uh, completely steel or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Why don't you get that? Might be your sport, by the way, because if you get knocked out, you lose, I think. But sometimes I'll see a video and a guy's out cold, and his friends will get his lifeless bag of bones body yeah. back up, and then he'll be like, oh, all right, my turn now. Uh, so I don't know how you win that thing completely, but I think your ability to never get knocked out is potentially a big one in that particular slap league, dude. When I watch that slap league, I. I look at the person, like if you're the guy doing the slapping, it looks like a lot of fun. If I could do that and I don't have to stand there and just take it, like I can't imagine those five to seven seconds as I'm bracing. Or what do you want? You don't want to brace. Don't you want to be limp? So you take it. So you ride with loose. Mm -hmm. And by the way, some of them, they'll do like a, and then they'll swing it back and then they come. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm coming. So you're like sitting there like, nope, all right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, boy, you cried wolf. And then go, whack. There's that little tiny guy that, that has tattoo tattoos. Guy. He, yeah. uh, he has the worst friends of all time. Oh. That guy got signed up for that thing. And maybe he just wanted to do it for a bucket list type thing. But his friend should have told him, we can't be doing this. He wanted, uh, There's a 450-pound fucking ham hawk hand swing yeah, guy that he won against. There was no reason he should have been up there. One smack, he's dead. He lifts up. He smacks the guy. It was like a. It was like, oh, my God. His eyes rolled into the back of his head. You could see it. Yeah. 
That's happening somewhere right now, probably. Yeah. Well, not COVID, probably. Yeah, I don't, think COVID. Those, I don't think those guys smacking care about COVID. COVID. I don't think COVID likes to smack. Probably either. the least of those guys worries. Their <laughs> yeah. brain's not going to work anymore. Hey, by the way, not a bad um, uh, FanDuel video for Sunday. Oh, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, now let me think. Write that down. Fox, we appreciate that. Sunday, I have to put out a video of me mm-hmm. dominating FanDuel in different fashions. Uh, you know what I mean? So, right there. Yeah, you know, me flipping off the top there on the side. That's FanDuel. Okay, me mm-hmm. doing it. That's FanDuel. Boom, boom. We got to bang FanDuel because that's what we've been doing. Yes. To be honest with you, just absolutely hammer them. Tonight, Carolina Panthers minus one and a half at home against the Atlanta Falcons. How do you feel about it, AJ? Well, I've been, I, I did a little research on uh, what's the tropical storm? Zeta. Uh, Z- Zeta. 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 So Zeta is is really hitting them hard now. It's going to dwindle off closer to kickoff. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I think it's gonna, we may have a little light sprinkling of rain, and then it's it may die off as the game goes. I don't think it's going to affect the pass game too much. But I've gone back and forth. I wanted to ride with the Falcons early on, and I just can't. I think Carolina wins. I think they cover the one and a half. I will say that there are some questions from the back room about your research when you didn't even know the name of the tropical storm that you just researched. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Interesting. Huh, he was correct, though. His information was correct. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to die off. Hey, listen, we trust you. Whether Hey, Jim Cantor's out there fucking AJ Hawks doing the same goddamn thing. Let's get to some phone calls, shall we? Hawks helping Hawks. Uh, let's go to uh, Greg up there in Chicago. What's going on, Greg? What's up, man? What's going on? I know. I know our Bears just got beat the hell down by the Rams, man. Mm-hmm. But I still want to know, mm-hmm. why are they not giving the Bears they respect? We 5-2, man. Yeah, Greg, you 5-2 for sure. And I, and, and I will say that whenever you guys were 4-1. They were hating. Five and one. Mm-hmm. People were even like, this is the worst five and one team in the history of football. So whenever mm-hmm. the Rams come out and layeth the smacketh the down, on your Chicago Bears, everybody was excited to come out and say, we told you so, we told you so, we told you so. We on this particular show, though, have said, Johnny Hecker had such an incredible performance in yeah. pinning Nick Foles and Matt Nagy so deep. I don't think it's proper to judge them just off of that outcome. But if you watch them the last couple weeks before that, they do suck on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to figure that out. They are going to have to figure that out in a quick fashion. Their offense stinks. Yeah. I mean, that's why I know it's giving them The old line stinks. Now the offense just absolutely the quarterbacks calling. the whole oh, offense. Cordell Patterson's doing 17 sweeps for a third and one mm-hmm. every single time they need well, to do it. play calling there, right? Yeah. Well, so well, that'd be your offense. Be your offense. That's, why you guys aren't, that's why you guys aren't getting credit. Put in Mitch is what you're saying. But five and two, you are right in the thick of it to go on a real run here. AJ, yeah. what do you think about the Chicago Bears? Yeah, are people um, are they under the radar? Yeah, but because we don't really know who they are, and it's tough to to crown a team like if they've arrived when they don't have like an explosive offense. They don't really have one thing. They you don't really know what their identity is offensively, and they're so inconsistent. But I think this happens a lot. I mean, look at. Last year, I know we talk about this team all the time, but the Packers went 13-3. and They didn't get the respect that they deserved. They went to the NFC Championship, got blasted. But you win 13 football games, that's a pretty good season, I think. They they acted like the Packers were terrible last year. Hey, it doesn't matter how you win. You know what I mean? Aaron talked about this. He was like, oh, we're getting ugly wins or whatever, Mm -hmm. but who cares? This year, they're just a much different team or whatever. And maybe Nick Foles and Matt Nagy and Pace will will get another year together. You know what I mean? And maybe their offense will win pretty instead of winning ugly uh, like they've been doing here early. But that NFC North seems to be running through Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, they're – they're dogs this week. They're home dogs to the Saints, and it's not like the Saints have been world beaters. They looked good last yeah. week, but they're getting four and a half points against the Saints. But that goes back to my man in Chicago saying they're getting no respect no anyway. No respect. Sportsbook's giving them four and a half respect. points. Beat the Bucks At home. We did beat the Bucks. Unbelievable. You guys did beat the Bucks. Yeah. 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 I don't do know if the – Pat, do you think um, – are, are the 
is the general pro- public just frothing at the mouth for this game tonight? They can't wait to see this matchup. Oh, yeah. so listen, I tried my best to sell it earlier. Let me, let me, let me make my pitch to you. Okay, I will. But I, I want you to make a, a a prediction on what kind of ratings it gets as well compared to other Thursday night games. If you know as well, a lot of places around the country's uh, trick or treat tonight as well. So there's what? a lot of things pulling against people to watch this. I didn't know that. I hate kids. Don't come to my fucking house. The. Um, <laughs> The ratings for the World Series were down five million per average per game. Mm-hmm. Still two million more than the NBA. Okay, average for the NBA, we're down a few million for mm-hmm. every single game. No juice. Uh, the NFL, I don't think they have that much of a decline in ratings when everybody was assuming because the NFL is happening at the exact same time as it always does in the exact same fashion as it always does. Where the NBA was at a different time potentially. Baseball ended up being at the same time, but a lot of it was different. So I don't know if it's because of people getting in their routines or schedules. Like I'll be excited to see what the Masters ratings is, right? Because they're going against Ooh. college football and an NFL Sunday. I would assume. Hey, here's a big spoiler. Don't want to say it. I assume ratings for Masters are going to go down, mm-hmm. okay? Because they're not normally going against this type of thing for thursday night football though tonight joe buck troy aikman no flyover oh the potential last time matt ryan and julio jones are on prime time television together as atlanta falcons matt rule and teddy two gloves in the nfc south in which they could make a run at this thing matt ryan is trying to prove to the next gm and the next head coach hey you're gonna have to pay me a hundred million dollars over the next three years i still got it pal and julio jones is out there running through tropical storm zeta making plays that you've never seen a wide receiver make because he wants to say to the rest of the NFL. Hey, come fucking get me out of here. I am not doing another rebuild. I've taken the Atlanta Falcons out of all my social media pictures before. I will easily do that again. And I think Matt Ryan, Julio Jones have a night like they had against the Minnesota Vikings. And if that's the case, that's going to be electric. And on the other side, Teddy Two Gloves, who has never lost to the Atlanta Falcons as a quarterback, he's going to see what Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are doing. And in Carolina, he's going to say, not in my house. Mm. I think the Carolina Panthers maybe play their best brand of football tonight as well. That is why Tropical Storm Zeta can eat shit in tonight's NFC South matchup on Thursday Night Football is must-see television. They should cut that and run that on a loop tonight on NFL Network like an hour <laughs> leading up to that game. I do fear that game is going to stink. No! Yeah, no! Yeah, yeah. No! Thursdays yeah. have been barn burners all year. Yeah. Jacksonville, Miami, everybody hating on what was it? One of the best games we've seen all damn year. Oh. Last Thursday night, obviously, the two teams that played Eagles, were. Eagles, Giants. Oh, great burners. game. So sweet. Great before, game. Bears, Bucks before that. Unbelievable. Jets, Broncos, ripping, throwing it all over the place. No, come on. Come on. <laughs> All these games that you think are going to be bad end up being great. And now you add in Zeta to the mix? Let's go, dude. And no flyover. So we're going to get the best call we've probably ever had. They, they, I, I have heard that Troy and Joe um, have requested no flyover. Okay. Uh, by the way, has anybody found out who leaked that video? That was pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah, there's a speed bump, so actually, outside the NFL HQ now. Yeah, well, not that. I would assume outside of maybe Troy and Joe's house. Because there's, uh, you know, that's off air. That was a Fox. Yeah, I think yeah, that's within Fox. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay. So so Troy obviously came out and said, hey, I've done a lot for the military. Okay, I'm just, you know, I'm at the point now where I think that is, you know, he has his opinion. It obviously, I assume that was not one that he would uh, like just be ripped and put out there for political purposes. Probably the way, not. When that he... was a strict rip for political purposes. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, right in the middle of a political party. thing. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a bad place to be. Yeah, bad place to be. And that's why it's nice to just be an idiot and not know anything about anything. Yep. And whenever you see a plane fly over, you're like, oh, look at that fucking plane. Flying. Oh, see you later. 
Well, and it makes sense. You know, you got Tropical Zorm Zeta out there. We can't have the flyover during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't know if we're potentially going to be entrenched in more in uh, South America or something like that, where there's a lot of rain in Central oh, yeah. America. You know, maybe that is we need a great point maybe training we, mission. Yeah, maybe we need to test out our UFOs whenever it's uh, coming down outside. You know good what point. I mean? Good point. No, Make you know what they're going to use? Plant, they're going to use that plane that flies directly into the middle of a hurricane. It's probably already there, circling around, measuring what Zeta's doing. It's probably just going to swoop on down and fly over the stadium right before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Swoop on down and listen to the game. I don't know how those planes operate, by the way. That is, you, you know, know how any plane operates, really? Yesterday, Fox and I had a full discussion. We were on a plane yesterday, and it was one of the most beautiful. We cut through the clouds, right? And as we were cutting through the clouds, it was like a movie, just like clear blue skies. There was nothing else. And we were watching. I was like, man, it's so beautiful. And it still makes no sense, by the way. And Foxy's filming on the other side, and he goes, like, you're talking about how we're even flying right now? I'm like, Exactly, Foxy. It makes no sense at all. We've been on hundreds of planes at this point now, and every single time we take off, I have a fear that we're not supposed to be flying this thing. This thing is way too large, way too heavy. Why is our why are we currently going? Last night we were going 750 miles an hour Good on a plane God. called a Citation X, which is like the fastest plane of all time. We are flying faster than any other plane in the sky. And it's like, how the fuck did we get here? The right, the Wright brothers were up for, what, a half a second or whatever? Oh, yeah. Now That's we exactly. got these things just taking off, and now we got planes flying into hurricanes. I mean, it, it is... It's a, I don't have I don't have it in me. I don't know how they do it. I, I appreciate the fact that they Remember do that it. one pilot uh, was explaining it by the hose? And he was saying the pressure that comes out of the hose, the water. Yeah, whatever you put your thumb in, okay. That, I still have no idea what he meant by all that. But What he meant was that particular science that is used to help you fly is also um, shown whenever you do press the thumb in the end of a hose and it goes faster or something. I think it's oh. the air that goes over the wing and under the wing. It, per, uh, it creates lift or something. Wow. Look at us. And all this, and then boom, boom, bang. And I'm like, I, don't, I still don't understand. I've gained 35 pounds, and there's not even a single question about that. They're like, yeah, no problem. Science will take care of it. I hope so. Love science. 700 miles an hour last night. That's fast. <laughs> Andrew in Colorado, what's going on, bub? Hey, Pat, boys. AJ, what's going on? Oh, just hanging out, brother. How are you? Doing all right. Hey, I got a question, Pat. I got to know. How satisfying was it standing on that ring apron last night and watching the agony and surprise on Kyle O'Reilly's stupid face when he got hit with the chair? Great question, Andrew. And we'll go to a break after this. But the the thought of – and I've only watched The Lion King one time. It's the new one. I didn't grow up watching Disney movies, so I watched the new Lion King uh, because my lady grew up watching Disney movies. That's why we have Miko the raccoon in our back that of course knocks mm-hmm. knocks on the window for food and everything. Oh, like yeah. And yeah. we have uh, uh, foxes running around and deer getting fed and, yeah. and, and everything like that. So she is, you know, all into that, and, and she is incredible. But uh, when I told her I've never watched a Disney movie, she was obviously uh, disheartened by that whole thing, but also came to a quick realization that's probably why I don't have some emotions, right? There are some emotions I don't display on a regular basis that I assume Disney helps develop in children on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Jay and I just decided to stay out of that whole thing. We ain't got time for the drama. Okay, uh, Bambi, all right, what's going to happen? It's gonna die. don't want to know about it. I'm not going to fucking watch. Here we go. Okay, what happened to the mom? Dead. All right, that, uh, I don't need to know. Why am I watching now? I'm going to go kick a soccer ball against the side of a wall. So when I watched Lion King, and they told that little son of a bitch Simba, right? They said, don't go over there. You don't go over there, nothing will happen, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that dumbass that dumbass thing do? Goes right over there. there. Yeah. Wobbles right over there. It leads to a situation where Simba's dad walks into like the this oh, shadowy area and he gets, he gets attacked and he gets killed by everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly was Simba's stupid dad last night walking <laughs> into that thing. It was awesome. I mean, the, the amount of confidence that Cauliflower Kyle O'Reilly had walking mm-hmm. into that ring, staring 
turned me down holding a chair after he's found out now that I've taken out his entire crew from behind the scenes. No big deal. Big bank, take little bank. I paid people. They take him out. I'm having time in my life. He's walking in there acting like he's going to be some big superhero, okay? Mm-hmm. He's looking me right in the eyeballs. And he has no idea that the guy is standing right next to him. I literally paid him to be there. So it was like a... Uh, it was awesome. It was maybe the most magical moment of my entire life. Just knowing, and there's me obviously laughing and enjoying this. I actually at one point couldn't help myself. I had to scream, stupid, just because <laughs> it was so awesome. It was a great moment. And I appreciate the old buddy from Colorado asking that question because it's not being talked about enough about, imagine how I had to feel standing there knowing that that guy thought he was about to do something to me. Yeah. And in the end, I, I knew that his spine was going to get obliterated by a fucking steel chair from Pete Dunn. Pretty cool. Ace in the hole. By the way, shout out Danny Burch, Johnny Lorkin, and uh, Pete Dunn. Greatest script ever enter mm-hmm. WWE. Um, is Pete Dunn the jacked guy? I, I when I saw the picture, I got excited for you. I was like, oh look at Pat, look at his arms are jacked. He's hitting the dude in the back of the with the chair, and I was like, oh, it's not Pat. Listen, okay. Listen. <laughs> There's me, obviously. There's Oni Lorkin, a psychopath. First off, before you go into your whole thing, I think you've been very rude to the wrestling community, and I I am not on your side on this. But no, you piss off. Well, you know what? Hey, AJ, you don't know the wrestling community. Hey, AJ. You don't I know. know, that know the I know you're being, you are extremely rude right now. Oh, AJ. Wrestling. Whoa. I'll say this about the wrestling community, okay? To their credit. They are the absolute worst group of fucking humans of all time. It's not like they're the second worst or the third worst. They are the absolute worst. So if you're you're going to do something, go in. I've always said, hey, go in the deep end. Be the best at what you're doing. They just so happen to be the best at being the worst. Myself, Danny Birch from London Town. Okay, badass guy. He's been wrestling for like 17 years. Oni Lorcan, badass from Boston. Psychopath who took my guy out. Been wrestling for like 13 years from Boston. (laughs) And Pete Dunn, the bruiserweight. Okay. He came back with like 15 pounds down, absolutely shredded. We potentially are the greatest four humans to ever be assembled Woo! in the history of the business. Hell yeah. And Hell I yeah. am pumped about that. All right, that's the show. Big thanks, Steve Smith Sr., Alan Fanica, Darius Butler, all the boys, all of yous. Be a friend, tell a friend. We're back tomorrow with a feel-good Friday and massive guests. Oh, my big God. Big time, big time. <laughs> Coming through the wire right now. Hey, shout out to me, by the way, just uh, taking over NXT with a couple guys. Yeah, no big deal. Don't mind if I do. Danny Burch is your guy, huh? Yeah, I love that guy. You know, I, I reach out to Oni to talk because he's the one who took out my guy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the conversation quickly moved to both of them. One, eight, two, either. Mm-hmm. Danny Birch. Danny Birch is escalating quickly in my favorite group of humans list. Yeah, guy's the man. And then Pete Dunn was just the beautiful final piece. Fucking bruiserweight. How about how about Kyle just walking right into that ambush? <laughs> Had no idea. Had no idea. That's like when Simba goes over into the shadows, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden his dad gets set up. It's like, hey, probably should have known, huh? That's what Kyle did. Kyle just walked right into it. Mm-hmm. Think about how cool he felt with that chair, too, while he was looking at me and he was throwing it Yeah, you take this other one. Well, Pete Dunn hands it to Kyle. Yeah, but then when at the end when Kyle takes it, he's, oh, you want the chair, Pat? And he throws it down. The way he was looking at me was like I was the, like I was going to get my ass kicked or something there. Well, Little did he know, I had the whole thing, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Think about how good I had to feel right there. Nobody talks about how good I had to feel right there. Megamind. Look like goddamn Megamind. And then his <laughs> spine was severed in two. Uh, you're going to get hit with that chair right there. Like That's what I'm thinking there. And then your elbow might explode later as well. Pete Dunn is yoked, by the way. Yeah. 
big time. All right, anyways, feel good Friday tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend if you like this show. If you didn't like the show, it's act like it never happened. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.